You're listening to KABC 790. This is Matt Mattern, host of Unite and Heal America. My guest today is Brett Winterpole. Uh, Brett is currently hosting what was the Rush Limbaugh radio show. And Brett uh, worked with that show for a number of years, has had his own show. And, uh, you know, welcome to the program, Brett. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Uh, so tell us a little bit about what you're doing uh, currently and, uh, you know, has the the format of uh, Rush Limbaugh's show changed at all since uh, you've taken over? Well, I, I, I didn't take over for Rush, but um, the format is is still got a lot of, you know, Rush's elements in it. I know Clay and Buck are doing a, a good job over there on that show. Uh, I know them each of them you know, independently, and it's uh, it's kind of remaining you know, that same spirit, they say it's inspired by, by Rush. Um, I was lucky enough to work with Rush from uh, really from 95 up until 2006, but uh, on a daily basis, 99 to 2006. And uh, it was a, it was a, a joy and a delight to be a part of, uh, of that operation. So are you, um, are you still part of uh, his radio network or how does that work? No, I'm I am uh, the afternoon drive host at WBT in Charlotte. Uh, I was a guide host. So during the transition period after Rush passed away, um, they had a, a, a rotation of hosts who were in there kind of um, uh, uh, keeping keeping the show moving forward, but also looking back uh, with a lot of best of material, as you might imagine, talking about news of the day and taking phone calls, contem- you know, contemporary stuff, but looking back at, at some of the stuff and that, that ran for uh really you know we're talking from i'd say like uh march until uh, june the end of june so uh it was it was a really cool thing to do i mean sitting in there and talking to that audience as massive as it is was uh, was a remarkable thing i i was lucky in that i was the only alum uh of the show who got to come back and host the show which is actually kind of cool so uh when rush was alive i believe his audience, or at least at what I saw quoted was uh, 30 million people per week. Is that yeah. about a rough estimation? That, that sounds, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, he was uh, at his high water. I think he was probably at, you know, six, 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 in terms of the affiliates around the country. Um, and, you know, what's interesting to know about him was that he was a person who understood the entertainment component of radio like nobody else that, that I've ever worked with. Um, he was opinionated. He knew what he believed. He talked about what he believed, but he understood at the end of the day, this was about entertaining an audience, holding an audience, keeping an audience, so that as, as he was famous for saying, he could uh, charge confiscatory ad rates. And uh, that's, that's what, what he did. And, and he, was a, he was a real radio professional top to bottom. I mean, it was a remarkable thing to see. Well, I guess uh, to me, I, I have to admit, I was never a fan of uh, Rush. And uh, I guess I I didn't like the self-promoter aspect of it right. as as somebody who felt like I was a serious uh, student of politics. And I felt that Rush was more of a, you know, circus ringleader kind of than he was a serious uh political analyst and uh you know i i'd just be honest hey he he rubbed me the wrong way and you know just coming from a midwestern background it was kind of the antithesis of a midwestern humility or kind of uh 
you know, ah shucks type attitude. Uh, he didn't have that. He was he was all about rush, 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 and that that just I must say I I didn't like that at all. So. Well, I mean, and look, there's there's a lot of room for different styles in radio, right? There's Howard Stern, there was Don Imus, uh, there's Mancow, um, there's there's Kevin and Bean, there was Rush Limbaugh. Uh, but I think when when the when the big story is written and it's interesting because Rush was a Midwestern guy he's from Cape Girardeau, Missouri, uh, and, and, and decided rather than follow in the footsteps of his family to be a lawyer, he decided he was going to go and be a broadcaster, which was, you know, madness as far as they were concerned. And uh, he, he pursued that that dream and that passion um, in terms of, you know, the impact that he had. The reality is across the spectrum, the reason why talk radio is talk radio today is for a lot of what he did. Uh, no, there's radio. no doubt. There is no yeah. doubt that he, he was an impact player and he, he definitely moved the needle in the cultural component of this country without a doubt. And I mean, he rode the, the wave of the Clintons and, uh, you know, those of us who were Republicans in the nineties uh, certainly were no fans of the Clintons. And he was, kind of uh, Clinton hater number one. And, you know, I was, I didn't like the Clintons at all and uh, probably more than was uh, healthy for anybody, you know, uh, when you get your, your vigor ramped up about something, uh, sometimes it can get uh, overboard. And he, he kind of uh, was the epitome of that movement, which he, just I think poisoned our politics even more. Even though I I was no no Clinton fan, uh, yeah. I felt like the way he probably attacked them um, was not healthy for the political debate. Okay, first of all, Rush Rush is doing a radio show. He's not a politician. Um, he's probably responsible for the Republican takeover in '95. Uh, with Newt Gingrich and the contract, no, I, I would say Newt. I'd say Newt Gingrich was. I, I would. I would that. say Rush driving that fight was a big help, and that's why he was uh, basically brought in as a uh, as an honorary member of that class uh, in in '95. Yeah, and so I'm not, I'm not saying he had no impact, but I would he, say no. He had massive. He forget no impact. Um, do you watch football? Uh, Rush Rush would be uh, on par with what Brady does. Okay, this is a guy who single-handedly revitalized the radio landscape. AM radio was playing beautiful music when he came around in 88, and he revitalized it single-handedly. And then what did he do? Uh, he, he built an audience that was the largest uh, going in, in radio. And by the way, he's, I think, the only host I've ever heard that caused Bill Clinton to call into KMOX in St. Louis and say that Rush Limbaugh shouldn't be on the radio. Now, that's how much he got under the skin of the Clintons. I mean, no that doubt, was a remarkable No doubt that thing. he got under the skin. The question is whether or not it was toxic to our political environment. That's well, well, the question. Well, what's toxic? MSNBC is toxic. toxic. MSNBC is toxic and CNN is toxic, right? I mean, we can make that argument this way today, contemporaneously. Yeah, I, I think that uh, there are multiple factors, and I don't blame Rush Limbaugh as the sole factor of the toxification of the American political climate. And certainly there have been people long before Rush Limbaugh 
and there'll be people long after him that are toxic. I'm just saying that him, I'm not, you know, let's, let's not point fingers at everybody else. I'm saying he was toxic. I'm saying the comments that he made uh, about on race, uh, calling Barack uh, Obama or having that song, Barack the Magic uh, Negro song, or calling President Obama the House Negro. I mean, that type of stuff poisons our political environment. And it has an effect. And, and the fact that he had a bigger audience made that effect bigger. So he needed to have more responsibility. And to me, he didn't take the responsibility of that position. When you're talking to 30 million people, you have a responsibility as a broadcaster, as a citizen. What is the effect on the listener? What are you doing to improve the quality of the discourse. That's my position. Is that, that that that's your job as a broadcaster? Well, I would say that that would be a good thing. No, but is if that your you job? Responsible. As a if you're okay. a responsible broadcaster, yes, I do think that that so would that's be your helpful. Jo- okay. If okay, you're so your job if your goal is self promotion, let's see. To me, that was the disingenuousness of Rush Limbaugh. I, I disagree. Was, with you. I disagree. Yeah, he was this stating. Is- he you, was you don't stating, I'm for the, he's stating I'm for the country when it was really, I'm for Rush. I'm for expanding yeah. my audience. I'm yeah. for uh, did you listen, creating did you controversy. I'm not for listen? the country. I'm yeah. for Rush. Be honest did you, actually, did you ever actually listen to the program? I did, did listen to it. And How and much it, did you listen to it? I listened to it enough where I was ready to get sick. Yeah, that was about yeah, how I Okay, so I, this, is, this is great. You, you, are, you are the equivalent you're a seminar host. You're not just a seminar caller on, in that universe. You're somebody who says, I love the show or I like the show or I listen to the show, but man, I hate the show so very much. The fact of the matter is the purpose of having a radio program is to what? Build an audience. That's what you're supposed to. Why do you do a TV show? To build an audience. There is a lot of stuff out there that people can consume. He was unbelievably compelling when you look at what he was able to do. And if, if he was, if being a self promoter is a, is a, is a negative. Okay. He made a lot of money for a lot of radio stations promoting. Well, that the point is uh, what did he do to improve the quality of discourse in our country? Did he, he was ba- He was the balance that was missing. He was the balance that was missing uh, out there uh, in the, uh, in the media, he was the so, balance. So calling, so you know, coming up with I, I, I Barack I, the Magic Negro was the all, balance first, that was missing. All, I'm, in the I'm, country. I'm rejecting. Really? I'm gonna. I'm gonna reject the premise of this. If you want to go in and you want to pull out uh, a parody song and say that Rush Limbaugh did this, or there's a phrase over here that he supposedly said. I mean, if you want to show me the transcript with the date and all that, I'll take a look at it. But the fact of the matter is, you're casting aspersions. Uh, in, in a fairly reckless way, I think. I mean, I'm, I'm a little uh, underwhelmed right now. Well, uh, we're, you're listening to KBC 790, Unite and Heal America. My guest, uh, Brent Winterfall, uh, we're talking about uh, his, you know, work with Rush Limbaugh, and we'll be back in just one minute. And, uh, you know, we're going to have a healthy dialogue about this stuff. You're listening to Unite and Heal America on KBC 790. Uh, this is Matt Mattern, your host, and my guest today is Brett Winterbull, uh, who worked on the Rush Limbaugh program for a number of years and uh, is currently a radio host himself. 
and uh, we're kind of discussing the legacy of Rush Limbaugh and and his effect on the country. And I, you know, I don't believe that these were one-off type quotes um, by Rush Limbaugh about uh, you know race relations. I mean, he said for the NBA, don't call them teams, call them gangs. Uh, for the NFL, he said, where where are you, where are you get, are you getting this like off of the Media Matters site or something? Where are you getting this? Are you saying that these are inaccurate quotes? I, no, but I, I, you're, you're reading me. You're reading me supposed words that he supposedly. Are you reading this off of Media Matters? Like, can you tell me the date, the show, when it was said? Can you give me like, I mean, I'm just it's curious to me. Where, where did you? Well, get it's this stuff? documented on multiple Do- documented. Sites. No, 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 no. Where? Where's it documented? Okay. Did you go to like, did you go to Wikipedia? I mean, seriously, did you just type in Rush Limbaugh negative quotes? I mean, it, is this your show prep, Matthew? Is this your show prep? Because this is embarrassing. I'm not going to lie okay. to you. So you're, so you're telling me that he didn't say these things? Is that really what you're I don't, telling me? I don't, I don't if, know. If we are, then I will go in and we'll drill down and we'll play those clips the next you show. Have them? So do you I'll, have them? I'll do, I will do it. Do you have the clips? Uh, you know, I'm an attorney. I will, I will do you have the evidence? Do and pull all the clips and we will do a best of. Do you have that? what you're saying. If you're realistically saying he didn't say these things, we will, I'm asking you. I'll your have you back on, and we'll 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 parse through all the clips. You don't have the clips, okay? We, we, you know, because I didn't no, you think you'd deny you, it, but now you that you're not, denying I, I would it, like to hear it's them. It's going to give me another chance to to replay the whole best of. Let's yeah. do it, Matt. This is this is not the way to go about this kind of a conversation. You know, you're trying to heal the country. Feels to me like you're trying to settle hash with a man who passed away. And no, uh, I'm trying. I, I I'm think trying it's kind to of talk about what his legacy is. And I'm saying that if we don't need You're reading more, me quotes and I'm asking you, where, what's I'm the not, source? I haven't said one. Uh, I'm not saying an insulting word about what's the, the source. So what's far. the source? What is the what's source? The where source? did you get this? Media okay. matters, right? Where we go. Media matters. Wikipedia. Hold on. Let me go and look. This is see. This is the problem. This is the problem with poor with poor show preppage. And again, so, so you're I, saying that he didn't say this stuff. You I, I don't know what you, you're reading me. You're reading the magic off Negro song. You're reading me. You're reading me quotes off of a piece of paper. Are you denying that he said this? It's Are not my job to affirm or deny. It's your job to, pr- to prove that he said it or played it or whatever. I mean, if you want to read off of realize list, that, I, that was my job as a radio host. Well, if you're prove. making an argument, it's your burden of proof. Uh, uh, you're an attorney, right? It's your burden well, of proof. We're not in the court of law. We're in the court Wait of public opinion. Hold on. I mean, Hold on. You know, Hold on. So, so we have a lower standard. On one side, you say Rush is an entertainer. He's held the no standards. He can say anything he wants. Absolutely. Absolutely. He was everybody he wants without evidence. And now you want me to come on with evidence. Well, yes, yes, I'm asking you for the evidence. Yes. All the evidence. I'm asking. I'm asking you for the evidence. Okay. you know, Rush, you can deny this or accept it. I'm 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 just saying, give me, let me hear it. Let me me hear it. Between left and right. And that the state uh, with conservative voters were, quote, trending towards succession. Is that? uniting and healing our country is that helping the discourse in our country to say hey we're we're going to okay. have a civil the war. reason the reason why you need to hear what is said is there could be sarcasm inflection it could be mockery it could be any number of things if i say uh, uh go jump in a lake right do i mean it literally go jump in a lake am i just saying it in a figurative fashion you know as an attorney 
you know that words mean things and they mean things within context. You know, a, a, a text without a pre, without a context is a pretext. And this is what we're having right here. This is this is incredible. If, if you want to, like, you know, settle it with Rush, I mean, go go right ahead. It's incredible that even from the grave, he still pesters people. It's it's remarkable to me. No, I well, I I think that it has an effect. And I think going forward, uh, we can we can continue that kind of discourse or we could shift to a different kind of discourse, which would be based upon evidence and not insults, uh, because that was his stock and trade, which led to- <laughs> Look at this. I asked you for evidence. You tell me we have to have evidence. We shouldn't do insults. And that's his stock and trade. So, okay. Don't you think it was? Rush, has, Rush has passed. I don't know. I don't think his, I don't think his stock and trade was insults. Well, he, he called a Georgetown student a slut because she uh, said that she wanted to get birth control. Again, again, here's the question I have for you, Matt. Where are these clips? You're not playing the clips. I'm going to do another show, Brett, where I'll invite you on and we will go clip by clip. If you won't come on, I will do it without you. But yeah, we'll we'll do the clip by clip because that's that's what you want. I will do it. Well, I'm just asking you. I just would like to have a little. I'm going to do it. I guarantee you they will be done. Uh, You know, you're because you're you're impugning my credibility i'm not impugning your credibility are you are you, so, i'm not i'm asking for evidence okay so when uh rush said when a gay person turns their back on you uh it's anything but an insult it's an invitation i mean was that helpful i, I again i don't know i don't know where these quotes are from i don't know oh, what you're, you're talking okay about. you're denying it okay fine uh where do you stand on climate change do you believe that climate change is real yeah i think the climate's changing okay and is it caused in large part by human behavior? I, I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but uh, I'm okay. certainly open to um, addressing the challenge of climate change if, if we can find a good way to do it. Uh, so, you know, to me, that's one of the things that uh, people like Rush Limbaugh and Donald Trump, uh, you know, really led our country in the wrong direction because they didn't have an open mind. They didn't look at scientific evidence. They uh, brashly stated things like uh, climate change is a hoax when they had read none of the science or certainly, uh, as far as I know, Trump didn't. So, so uh, you disagree. Right. So you disagree with them on climate. I got it. Right. So I think that scientific sources are important. Yeah, I want a serious discussion. I don't I don't want a bunch of uh, people who haven't read the science spouting opinions to 30 million people saying uh, things that are not founded because a lot of those people listen and have a certain degree of credit. You know, they wait. wait. So you want you. you, So you're arguing for a prior restraint of speech? No, I'm 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 you know, it should be self-censorship. If I don't know anything about something, I probably shouldn't talk about it as if I do know. Well, once upon a time, Galileo was put on trial because of the. uh, the theory that the sun was at the center of the of the uh, of the solar system. Uh, but then that evidence turned out to be different later on. Um, I, I think it's fascinating by and large. See, I'm going to be a, I'm going to I'm going to hyper generalize the way you've hyper generalized for the last uh, 25 minutes. Um, it's interesting to me that the left and I think you're a good example of this. Uh, you believe that the Constitution I'm as not, written. I'm not from the left because you are from you're from the left. Oh, trust me, you're reading me media matters quotes. Life yeah. up until Donald Trump. 
Yeah. So oh, okay. Oh, good. That's fine. You, That's wonderful. You, That's wonderful. Throw me into the oh. left and hyper general. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to hyper general. You don't know what my political views are. Oh, you believe you me, them. I do. You probably you voted probably for Garcetti and Newsom. Never listened to my program, and you probably haven't read what I've written. But now you're going to tell me what I think. Right. Okay. So here's what, here's what here's what you think. You think that despite the fact that the Constitution is written down on parchment on purpose with specific wording. You think that's a living, breathing document, but you think climate should be static? No, I think that we should study the climate. We don't have the, the final answer on the climate, but we do have a fair amount of scientific evidence that uh, it seems to support that our climate is changing. I mean, you don't have 19 of the 20 hottest years in a row. That's kind of, that's not a freak accident. That's a statistically significant fact. And something we shouldn't just uh, dismiss out of hand. And we should take serious actions to prevent our climate from getting worse because, quite frankly, we only have one planet and we can't afford to screw it up. And if we cared, you know, <clears throat> if we take the position that uh, we care about what God has given us, I think that that would be a high priority to take care of what God has given us, which is the planet Earth. Well, I think uh, I think people, by and large, I don't know anybody, whether they're a Republican or a conservative who are you know, throwing car batteries into rivers and lakes. I think uh, people that understand that they have to be stewards of the land are, are people who are among the most reviled by by people on the left. Um, I think the way they look at farmers, the way they look at ranchers, the way they look at people that actually know how to be good stewards of the earth. Um, are, are condemned usually by coastal elites that sit in Los Angeles and San Francisco and Greenwich Village. Holy overgeneralization, Batman. Uh, I think, uh, you know, you should look at the oil companies and fossil yes, we fuel should, we companies. Should put them, I think, you're right. I think those are the yep. primary uh, yes. culprits. Like your friend Tom Steyer. about those? Yeah, like your friend Tom Steyer, right? Who made oh, all his money? You, no, no, made I'm all his money asking, exploiting the earth, and then became a, a born again uh, uh, anti capitalist. I got it. So no, no, I'm asking for your opinion about uh, the uh, fossil fuel companies, not somebody else's. Well, we, I mean, what, what should we do? Put them out of business? What are you paying out there right now? Five thirty-five a gallon. Uh, I use hydrogen in my car. So. Boy, am I. I'm a, wow, that's outstanding. It must be great. How does a single mother living in Compton get an engine powered by hydrogen? Uh, actually, the last uh, model was uh, $330 a month, and uh, they threw in the fuel mm. for free. So, yeah, they could, they could afford it. Uh, <laughs> Man, I love, I, love, I love coastal elites. You guys are awesome. No, I, you know. Uh, Virtue signaling uh, all the way. We can go in that direction, and we we certainly subsidize the fossil fuel companies for a hundred plus years. Now it would be a reasonable thing to subsidize uh, alternative energy, clean fuels, because that is going to be healthy for our planet. So you're listening to KBC 790, Unite and Heal America. This is Matt Mattern, my guest Brett Winterbull, and we will be back in just one minute. Listen to KBC 790, Unite Heal America. This is Matt Mattern. My guest again, Brent Winterbull uh, of the Rush Limbaugh program for many years. Uh, we're talking about uh, a lot of different issues facing the country. Um, 
What, what actions do you think we should take in the U.S. to stop global warming? You know, it's a, it's a complicated answer. I think my answer to it would be uh, stuff rooted in, uh, in free market economics. I don't think a government coming in with subsidies is going to get anything done. If, if you're concerned, and I don't mean you personally, I mean the general you, the we. If we are concerned about climate change, why do we have to send money to Washington, D.C. to fix it? That's that's what I understand. Like green, you got the Green New Deal for seventy trillion dollars, whatever it's going to be. How, how does how does sending crooked Bernie Sanders and AOC, uh, you know, trillions of dollars? How does that how does that reduce uh, temperature at all on the planet? Well, let I, I ask you a question of what you would do. Well, right. So so and, what I'm saying what is, you I believe said was free market economics. Well, that's correct. You drive you drive a hydrogen economics. car. How you does free market car. economics stop mm-hmm. global warming? You drive a hydrogen car, right? Did the government make that car? No. It was made by a company. A company. Okay. So companies know a little something about developing products that the consumer wants. They know it way better than Biden and Harris and Schumer and McConnell and Kevin McCarthy and Nancy Pelosi. Politicians don't know how markets work. They know how to warp markets. And that's why you're seeing the inflation problem you have right now. I believe that if, if you create a market, if businesses are able to do it, uh, uh, Elon Musk is doing it with Tesla. Uh, Elon Musk and, and Jeff Bezos are doing it with, uh, with, with Richard Branson in private space, you know, sending spacecraft uh, up. You know, they are much more efficiently able to pull that kind of stuff off. I, I'm, not, I'm not an automotive engineer. Okay, I I do know, though, that the potential for human beings is endless in terms of creativity and that I think that's that's probably the the way to go versus, you know, doing lockdowns, whatever we're going to do in terms of sequestering CO2 or whatever it is, um, the chai the chai comms are going to cheat. The Russians are going to cheat. The Iranians are going to cheat. Um, we are the only country that seems to want to hobble ourselves uh, so that we, we look like we're, we're nice and kind and soft and lovely while we put while we put people out of their homes and, uh, and getting an inability to even feed their kids because of the run of inflation we've got right now. OK, energy should well, be cheap me, and plentiful. Well, let me take uh, take those uh, one at a time. Uh, first, Tesla gets a lot of subsidies by uh from the government for their clean energy vehicles, which I don't disagree with. I think that could be uh, Mm -hmm. helping spur the market in that area. And that's what the government can do is it it can incentivize good behavior. And that's what a good tax system will do is it will incentivize good behavior. Hydrogen got subsidies essentially by the state of California to get it off the ground. Uh, And that's why we have it. uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, when he was governor, set the groundwork for hydrogen, the rollout of hydrogen in California. Uh, it took a long time to get that in place, and most other states don't have that infrastructure. And it required the government is a necessary actor in all of this. I mean, you have to go back 200 years. We we had government involvement in uh, roads, canals. Uh, things of that nature, bridges, going back 200 years, and it helped develop the country. I mean, you look at air quality. 
uh, air quality is not going to be addressed by the free market because uh, no company has an incentive to clean the air on their own. They have an incentive only because the government tells them they have to do it. And that's what cleaned up the air in Los Angeles. It was very polluted in the 1950s because there were no regulations. So you have to have a regulated market. You can't have a market that has no regulations or else you have chaos. We have an effective stock market because we have regulations. We have the SEC, which protects investors. Sure. We have the EPA, which mm-hmm. protects people who consume air. Right. You know? And uh, that's but that's a regulatory function. So, that, so, that's so that's part of government. And mm-hmm. and quite frankly, the Republican Party in the 70s recognized that. And every single Republican voted for the EPA and clean air and clean water. And that's where the party was. And and that's why, you know, I was proud to be a Republican when George H.W. Bush signed into law Clean Air Act Two, which saves the lives of 230,000 Americans every year uh, for the last 30 years. You know, so that's what the role of the government has in uh, in stopping global warming. And it isn't just free market economics. That That's not going to work. The, the free market on its own is chaos. It's selfish. I mean, that's the way yes, it works. That's, it's right. That's, and that's but good. Sometimes pure selfishness leads to destruction, which is global warming writ large. Exxon knew 30 years ago, they did a study that mm-hmm. uh, carbon dioxide will get up to 400 and some parts per million in the uh, 2020, and it will have very bad effects on the environment. And they went ahead and continued to produce it uh, and more and more of it and uh, because they didn't care. They cared about shareholder maximization of value not the community and our planet. That's what happens when a market is unregulated, Brett. You know, it's fascinating that you that you bring this up, given the fact that you're in Los Angeles and Los Angeles happened to have a terrible problem with MTBE, didn't they? The additive that went into gasoline that was mandated by the government. You ended up with kids with birth defects and illnesses. People died you had lost leaking underground storage tanks getting into the water table. Government did that. Government gave you the catalytic converter, which is a bust out waste. Uh, you've got you've got uh, derelicts climbing under cars, cutting them out of people's cars uh, throughout the uh, the Western United States. Regulation. Absolutely. But here's the here's the so thing. We shouldn't have catalytic converters that we should have. What what would take their place? I mean, I don't know, but you know what? I'll shoot up in the air and and see. This is this is the problem. This is the problem. Yeah, this is the problem with you guys on the left. This is the problem. Your solution? No, (laughs) no, you're missing the point. Here's the point you're missing. Government doesn't always get it right, Brett. Yes, I know that. We need to watch the government diligently because the government many times gets it wrong. But quite frankly, they did get it right in cleaning up the air quality in Los Angeles. Yes, God bless Richard Nixon. And you guys wanted him out. God bless Richard Nixon. And you guys wanted him out of office. He gave you Earth Day. He gave you the Clean Air Act, the Clean Water Act, the EPA. That was Richard Milhouse Nixon of California. The last. Yes, he did. He signed it. He signed it. But he he signed it because overwhelmingly supported by the Congress. I mean, it's not like he was jumping up and down for it. Don't act as if he was the dictator who gave it to us. <laughs> you know, come on. It's okay, we okay. the people. 
We the people. No, it's you. It's you. The, it's you the liberals. House Dixon, Nixon, the dictator, yeah. gave it to us. It's it you the liberals. People were out there marching in the streets because of Love Canal and all the other toxic sites around the country. The people had had enough of it. They couldn't see through the smog in Los Angeles, and so they said no yeah. more. Okay? Yeah, that's right. That's, that's what governments happen, Brett. There you go. Because Richard Milhouse. Okay. You're right. I take it back. It. I take it back. I take it back. Um, you're right. George H.W. Bush, hero for signing Clean Air Act to Richard Nixon, incidental contact with the Clean Air Act. And the I'm Clean just Air saying Act. neither of them was God. Uh, they supported it, though. That was the know, Republican it, Party. They were supporting environmental matters. And uh, kudos to Nixon for that. Kudos to Nixon. Good move. I agree. But and that's where the Republican Party was in 1970. And the uh, the uh, Endangered Species Act mm-hmm. uh, was authored by a Republican. Mm-hmm. Things like that. I mean, we we were a party which cared about the environment. And then somehow that changed over time. And well, I still care. About, I care about the. Do you care? Do you still care about the environment? I care about the environment. Uh, unfortunately, we don't care enough to stop the um, the fossil fuel companies, mm-hmm. and we didn't care enough to uh, to slow down global warming. What, what, I think why do you, why do you... Bush turned a blind eye to it. He said yeah. when he got into office in two thousand that he was going to limit uh, emissions. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know, Dick Cheney got to him or whatever. And, uh, then that didn't, that never happened. Wow. The list of boogeymen is just endless. Well, I, no, it's not endless. I mean, how many have I named? I don't know, five maybe. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think, uh, Dick Cheney was good for the country. Certainly post 2000. Man. Uh, I think he did a lot of things. I mean, he led us into, uh, he and NW led us into, uh, two pretty disastrous wars. Uh, would you agree with that? Or you uh, you think Afghanistan and Iraq were days in the park? Uh, no, I don't think anybody thinks that. I think that's a foolish ass- assessment. No, I mean, hey, and I I backed those when we were going into them and foolishly and stupidly. And I admit that that was a mistake. Uh, and you know, I, I thought that Afghanistan was a danger, seeing what happened to uh, Alexander the Great, the British Empire, and then the Russian Empire. I was like, I don't know if this is such a great idea, uh, but it looked like, hey, we, we made quick work of the Taliban. Oh, OK, well, this this might not be so, uh, so bad. But uh, I didn't necessarily think we should put 100,000 troops on the ground. That that wasn't my idea. But uh Anyway, we, you're listening to Unite and Heal America on KBC 790. Uh, this is Matt Matter, your host, and Brett Winterbull is our guest today, and we will be back in just one minute. KBC 790, Unite and Heal America. My uh, guest today is Brent Winterbull. Uh, Brent uh, kind of wanted switch gears a little bit and talk about, uh, well, the vaccine and uh, what uh, what you think about it and you're supportive of it, or uh, do you uh, think that uh, the government is pushing it too hard? Uh, well, I'm vaccinated. Uh, I have the uh, I have the J&J shot. Um, my wife is a teacher. She's vaccinated. My uh, kids are vaccinated. Uh, you know, I the position I've taken on the vaccine is, you know, 
talk to your doctor, make sure it works for you, make sure you're, you know, you're able to take it and then, you know, make the right decision. And that's, that's what it comes down to. I, I think the, uh, I think the mandates have been atrocious. I, I think um, we have seen more damage done to the fabric of this country in the last two and a half years than I could have ever imagined. I think we'll come back from it, but man, have we, we have empowered some just vicious dictators and unelected uh, 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 officials that are just, it's a remarkable thing to watch. Uh, why do you think uh, vaccine mandates are atrocious when we have vaccine mandates for measles and polio and, and all kinds of other uh, diseases? So if you're, uh, if, if you're 25 years old, um, who, who mandates that you have to take a polio vaccine? Well, if you're uh, going on a trip to certain countries, I think they may uh, want you to have certain. Right, right. Well, so the point is, the point is the mandates that we're watching roll out are are not being particularly uh, helpful to restoring confidence in in the role of government. I think Um, this has been an enormous power grab that has gone on for the for, you know, since 2019, when the when the when the Chinese government decided they weren't going to warn everybody in the world about what was coming out. You know, you have, you have uh, a crazy Adam Schiff pushing the Ukrainian impeachment stuff completely distracts us getting into 2020 to deal with, uh, with the COVID-19 situation. There's never been an intelligence hearing in Washington, DC on this. Uh, I have called publicly for reparations and a settlement conference with the Chinese communist party. They need to pay for what they did to the rest of the world by sitting on this information um, they, they probably owe the rest of the world 50, 60, 70 trillion dollars in damage, in killing, in all of that sort of stuff. And, you know, you've got a country that is suffering. You, you've got a country. Addiction has never been higher. You've got millions of children that have disappeared from the schools, alcoholism, um, uh, mental illness. I mean, it's all exploded. And I think uh, when, when you come out as a president or as a public official and say that the people are the problem, that's that's just, I think, a bridge too far. Well, isn't it? Uh, I mean, given the situation that we're facing, uh, isn't it the most prudent thing to uh, mandate vaccines so that we can get this uh, COVID-19 under control so that our country can go back to some de- degree of normalcy? Yeah, I, I don't think we're ever going to go back to normalcy. Because why why wouldn't we mandate vaccines so that we get a high enough percentage of people vaccinated so Mm -hmm. that it actually works? Because if we don't mandate it and uh, a high percentage of people don't get the vaccine, Mm -hmm. then uh, it seems as though and this is uh, true in other vaccine campaigns. So this isn't just covid. This is very I mean, there's a lot of evidence out there that shows that vaccine campaigns don't work unless you reach a certain level of uh, coverage. Right. Yeah. You got you try to get to herd immunity. Absolutely. But the problem is the goalposts have moved uh, consistently uh, for for the better part of, of a year. Right. Because what were we told? We were told. Just get the vaccine. If you get, you know, whatever it is, 75 percent of the country gets the vaccine. We've got the herd immunity. We're all good. But then all of a sudden now it shifts to, you know, you need boosters. So who is the mandating authority when it comes to to making people get the shot? I mean, who is that mandating authority? The president doesn't have the authority to order uh, Matthew or Brett in our respective states to get the shot unless we're federal employees. Right. Or, Or governed by an executive order. 
Governor Newsom doesn't have the power to mandate you to get a shot uh, against your will. And my, the governor here doesn't have that to, to do with me. Right. I, I can't do it. So what do we do? We go to companies and tell them um, you have to mandate that your employees get the shot. Now, companies can make whatever decision they want to make. Right. So, for example, what happens if a president came in and said, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hit my mic, said um, a president came out and said, OK, here's the deal. Uh, X, Y, Z company, you need to you need to tell all the Republicans that work for your company to register as Democrats or they're going to be fired. What would you say to that? Well, that would obviously be unconstitutional. Uh, Why would it be? What would it be unconstitutional? Would be, uh, well, a mandate from a company. I mean, it would be an illegal mandate. So it would be. OK, so uh, why when you call be, Southwest Airlines, expose them to wrongful termination suits and, uh-huh. and my, uh-huh. uh, my yeah. phone lines would be lighting up and they would make me uh, a lot of cases. So, right. So uh, so I if think that, that would happen, if the president calls Southwest Airlines and leans on the CEO and says, you need to make sure all your people get the shot or punish them or fire them or whatever it's going to be. It, okay. So in one case, it's a shot. In another case, it's political identity. In another case, it could be uh, based on uh, some other, uh, some other issue that you have control over, right? Cause you have control over a shot. You have control over your political identity. I mean, so we would be furious. I'm not, I know it's an absurd example, but the point is nobody has the authority to mandate these things. They just don't. Well, I mean, uh, say if the kids go to school, they get mandated, right? Yeah, without a doubt. My kids are all vaccinated. Okay. My kids are in school. Uh, I, they've gotten all the shots up through from birth to, to teenage years. Right. And so I, I understand that I'm not an anti-vax guy. I've never been an anti-vax guy. Um, so w- what I'm looking at is sort of the way you're delivering the message. I think it's a mistake to look at the country and say, you are the problem, you know, to say well, it's, it's, it's a- not, you are the problem, but you should be the solution. And, and maybe there should be more carrots sure. and sticks and For say, sure. here, here are the carrots. If you, uh, if you get your vaccine, you uh, get X, you know? Uh, right. But, but the thing is, government doesn't do carrots really well. Companies do, right? Companies do great. Hey, if you uh, work the Christmas holiday, I'm going to give you an extra week of vacation in the summer, you know, something like that. That's an inducement to work during the holidays or something like that. All government does is force, you know, just to go back to the environment thing for a quick second, because I think it's a fair analog. You go to the environment issue and you say, okay, um, you have to get rid of the oil refineries. Well, I have to be compensated to get rid of them, right? I mean, I have to do, I have to get something in kind. I can't, the shareholders are going to sue me if I just dump all my energy uh, assets. So government can come in and just erect punishments, but they can't do anything in terms, really in terms of inducements. Because well, we saw they, they, can, they can give tax breaks. That's what they did to Tesla and to all the people who bought. Very fair. Very fair. Vehicles. Yeah, that's very fair. And, and you could do that. And you could do that with a shot. Right. You could say if you get the shot, yeah, you can write fifteen thousand dollars off your tax return or whatever. I mean, some some magic thing. You could do that. Sure. But they don't. Well, that's what they should be considering doing. So that's that's uh that's the point of this show. It took us uh, 40 minutes to get there, but uh, which is, you know, we should be looking at solutions to uh, solve our problems versus shouting at each other and, uh, you know, demonizing each other, because this is what our, our country needs. Our children could use uh, future generations are going to need is to solve our problems, not to just engage in name calling. And I, that's, um, 
unfortunately, what a lot a lot of what I see going on in Washington and Sacramento, you know, you pick the uh, capital and and you can see it going on. Yeah, listen, I'm sure Rush Limbaugh forgives you for uh, for the assault on him for two segments. And uh, other than that, uh, you know, it was a good conversation. <laughs> well, I'm not asking for Rush's forgiveness and, and actually I'm not asking, you know, I don't I really don't. Uh, you know, I, I meant everything that I said about what his legacy was. And I, I personally believe it to be a fairly toxic one and and one that uh, was not good for the country. And I think that um, you see a continuation of it with the social in social media in um, in it, it, it kind of uh, encourages outrageous behavior and it does not encourage authentic, honest dialogue, uh, that gets drowned out. Uh, whereas sometimes the most salacious things get <clears throat> writ large. So I think that we've got to work on encouraging better behavior because that will unite and heal America. Encouraging more salacious, outrageous, toxic conversations are, is not going to heal this country. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a big believer in discussion and debate, and I think with heat comes light, and uh, you know it's the nature of this business that we are all in, and I think uh, I think it's important that uh, we're talking to each other and not throwing uh, rocks and bricks and uh, being physical because that's that's going to get us absolutely nowhere. Well, absolutely, and you know I and I appreciate you coming on the show, uh, Brett, and I appreciate the dialogue, and uh, you know I uh, and I. I, I certainly uh, don't mean to, you know, make this a personal attack on, on you. I, I really was going after Rush because I, I really had the disagreement with him. And that's, uh, and that's the things he said, not the things that uh, you've said. But, uh, you know, obviously you were close to him. So you feel some uh, loyalty to him. And, you know, that's, that's your position. But, um, you know, you know, at some point in time, we can continue this discussion. And uh, I would like to have you on the show to give you that opportunity. But uh, thank you for being here. It's KBC 790, Unite and Heal America. This is Matt Matter. Look to have you back uh, listening to the show next week. As you may know, your host, Matt Mattern of Unite and Heal America, is also the founder of Mattern Law Group. Their team of experienced employment, consumer, and environmental attorneys are dedicated to leveling the playing field by giving everyone access to the highest quality legal representation. Contact 844-MLG-FOR-YOU. That's 844-MLG-FOR-YOU or 844-654-4968. 844-654-4968. 